Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So this is the uh, third Sunday of Advent, and today uh, I want to have a conversation on the Advent theme of joy. And uh, I'm hoping today that we can work together towards developing a real theology of joy. And when I say theology of joy, what I mean is that uh, we could we could have this connection between our understanding of God and our religious expression, our divine connection, the way we worship and celebrate and think about God, that those things would be connected to joy. That all of that, all of that understanding of God, the story we tell ourselves, our religious expression, all of that would be connected to joy. Because... Um, I, I think that a lot of us, when we think about our religious expression, the things we learn about God, the stories we tell ourselves about God, our divine connection, all of that, uh, I'm not sure if we connect it to joy. I think we connect all of that to judgment. I think we connect that to punishment. I think we connect our religious expression um, to community, to friendships. I think that's good. But I'm not sure if our religious expression, our relationship to God, our theology is bringing us joy. So a well-known uh, Christian author and leader uh, this week say that they love Christmas. They love everything about it. They love the lights and the traditions. They love picking out the favorite, uh, the, the, the perfect gift. They love uh, all the food at Christmas. They love everything about it. And then the punchline of that was, but maybe I love it too much. Maybe I enjoy it too much. And my love of this season has become an idol. I think a lot of us have this kind of theological uh, foundation that tells us we're allowed to enjoy things, but not too much. We're allowed to have joy, but not too much, and it might cross a line. I don't think that's really what God has for us. We need a theology of joy, where all of our religious expression isn't tampered down by judgment or punishment but it's real bringing us into a, a, a more joyful life, real happiness and contentment and joy. So we're going to read today uh, a really well-known Christmas passage from Luke chapter 2, and I think it can help us uh, develop that theology of joy. This is what it says in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields near, nearby, watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So uh, uh, the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, finds these shepherds in the field. And the shepherds, uh, they are working for they are. Uh, they sleep with animals every night. They are as about as low class as you can get. Um, and this is who God chooses to make this declaration to. The angel of the Lord comes to the shepherds, and uh, the angel says, "I have good news of great joy." Which, of course, these guys had to be like, "All right, bring it. Like, let's hear it." I've been uh, outside with animals all day long. Give me the good news of great joy. And this is the good news that's supposed to be great joy for all people. A Savior is here, and the Savior is a baby. 
And both of these ideas are surprising, especially if you're these shepherds. A savior is here, and it's a baby. And the, these shepherds weren't expecting to receive this news that a savior had come. And this is a, a, had to have been a little bit of a surprise that the angel gives this baby the title of savior. And this idea is supposed to bring us joy, but I think for a lot of us, we get lost in these titles because they've become over uh, familiar to us and then kind of um, turned into like Christianese. They're kind of over churchified. So when the, um, when the angel says that a savior is here, I think a lot of us don't experience that as a declaration, as a proclamation of joy. Because we think of um, we think of our Savior as something that is later, we we, we a lot of times connect uh, this title of Savior uh, with being saved from hell. We think Savior as in we get to go to heaven instead of hell. But these shepherds they didn't have these categories, these afterlife categories. When the angel told them that the Savior is here, they thought we are saved. We are brought into safety. We are offered healing. And restoration. We're offered rest in a safe place. We have our needs met. We're safe, finally. But these shepherds weren't thinking heaven and hell. I think a lot of a lot of times these ideas, you know, we, we've put so much emphasis on being saved from hell, we don't get joy from them because we can barely make it through this present moment, then it's hard to find joy in this like later on experience we'll have. But but when the, when the angel says that your Savior is here, it isn't about later and then. It is here and now. Your Savior is here. Here, right now, God is offering healing, safety, restoration, rest. God is offering that to you now. And that is good news of great joy. It's not later and then. We're not being saved from judgment. We're being offering. We're being offered safety and love right now. And that Savior is a baby, and that is another surprise, because um, the person who is liberating and healing and uh, offering safety and restoration that that person can't even hold their head up on their own. That is a surprise. The Savior is a baby. But this is why it's joyful news that the Savior is a baby. Because the Savior looks like you. The Savior is a baby and turns out you were a baby once. The Savior looks like you. Hear this for me. That the incarnation, the incarnation, God becoming flesh, the incarnation is a holy affirmation of who you are. When God becomes human, it tells us that our humanity is good enough, that we are good enough. The incarnation is a holy affirmation of who you are. It's a holy affirmation of your body. Because I know you don't hear a lot of this in religious spaces, but your body is good. It works. And the incarnation is a holy affirmation that you are good that you are worthy, that your body is good, and it is worthy, that you are lovable and worthy to receive love. It is an affirmation of all of who you are, and that is good news of great joy for all people. Our Savior is here, and He's a baby. Our Savior is 
here, right now. It's here and now, safety and healing and restoration offered to us. And our Savior looks like us as a reminder that we are good enough, that our body is good. And that is all good news of great joy for all people, and that includes us. Do you guys know uh, what a what a bait and switch is? You know this term, bait and switch. Uh, it, it's where someone advertises uh, one thing and then substitutes an inferior product or experience after someone is on the hook. So at Christmas, it might look like putting like a really terrible gift inside a beautiful package. So you do the perfect wrapping, the tight corners, and the pretty bow, and then the person open it opens it, and it's a gag gift. It's a bait and switch. At church, it might look like um, telling people that all are welcome and then discriminating against women or people of color, the LGBTQ community to bait and switch. And I think a lot of us um, struggle to find a lot of joy in our theology, a lot of joy in our religious expression, a lot of joy in the story about the shepherds receiving uh, this proclamation because our religious experiences have been a bait and switch. They've been uh, shame and guilt and self-loathing wrapped up pretty in joy wrapping paper. It looks nice. It sounds nice. But when you open it all up, all you get is more shame. All you get is more guilt. All you get is more self-loathing. We've been conditioned to think that when it comes to religion, when it comes to God, when it comes to the way we think about God, there's always just a little bit of a catch. Yeah, he's Savior and he's offering healing, and that sounds great, but um, I might have to agree to a set of predetermined doctrines for me to get that safety and healing. And oh yeah, I might be excluded from even agreeing to that set of predetermined doctrines and beliefs based on how I look or how I vote or how I love. Just a little bit of a catch, a bait switch. I want you to know today that when the angel of the Lord appears to these shepherds, makes this proclamation, this declaration, there is no catch. There's no bait and switch. Uh, There's no subtext here that we need to learn. There's nothing in parentheses that we miss. When the angel says that there is good news of great joy for all people, he means it. It's not some people. It's not okay news for the religious elite. It's good news. Great joy for all people. God is inviting you into safety, security, and healing right now. God is affirming all of who you are, reminding you that you are good and worthy and lovable and enough. There is good news of great joy for you. So for you, do you, do you have a theology of joy? Does your connection to God bring joy to your life? And if you're not sure, maybe what, what, um, what word would you put in there? That you would say, my religious expression, my theology brings me fill in the blank. To bring you fear, to bring you community, to bring you joy, contentment. What's the word? My theology, my connection to God. Brings me what? And do you think of Jesus as a place of safety and healing? Do you think of that as being present right now, here, 
Or do you think primarily of God's role in your life as being there and later, that you're saved from something later? Do you know that Jesus is being offered to us now, here? And maybe I, I just wonder for you if there's been a bait and switch for you. Maybe you need to put some language to that today. Has there been some shame or guilt kind of waiting around the corner for you at different times? Maybe you thought uh, you were really belonging somewhere, and then you found out you couldn't. Maybe, um, maybe you need to put some language to that bait and switch because um, that is real. That is really painful. And should come with some grief, some pain, and all of that is welcome here. And I wonder how you could start to develop a theology of joy for yourself. Maybe it just starts by being honest about what those religious experiences have been. Maybe it's honest, some honesty around the stories you tell yourself about God and who God is. And then maybe, um, maybe you just need to ask for some help. From a friend, from a pastor, from God, to say, help me find some joy in this. Maybe ask for a friend, ask a pastor, ask God. Ask for some help to feel that safety and security right now. Ask for someone to remind you that you're included and affirmed. You're allowed to ask. And just in case you don't know, if you want to ask today, you are included, you are affirmed, you belong. There is no bait and switch. Nothing's waiting around the corner. You are safe and you are able to heal here. I think we need, we need a theology of joy, not a theology of judgment, not a theology of critique, theology of punishment. We need more than just a theology of friendship. We need a theology that brings us joy. And I think that's what the angel is trying uh, to communicate to the shepherds and to us, that this message of God showing up and looking like us is a message of joy. So I'm hoping, I want you to develop a real theology of joy. And I know it's been a hard uh, couple of years now, but my real hope is that your relationship to this people, to this place, your relationship to God, and all of your religious expression, that it brings you joy. So after the shepherds heard this proclamation from the angel, Luke tells us that they hurried off to look for this baby in a manger, their savior. These shepherds were in such pursuit of joy that they left everything that they had known. They left their jobs. They were shepherds. That's what they were supposed to be doing. They did not take the animals with them in their pursuit of joy. They left their context. They left their experience. They left their job. They left what was comfortable and they pursued joy. But they knew that staying in the same place, in the same context, the same environment, wouldn't bring them the joy that they had heard so much about. And I I can't help but wonder about the courage it must have taken those shepherds to take that first step, 
that first step away from what was comfortable and towards something new and different, that first step away from the only context they had known in their pursuit of joy, I can't help but wonder about the courage it must have taken for that first step towards inclusion, affirmation. It's my prayer for you, Gather, my prayer for all of us today, is that you would take one step in the direction of joy. And I know it might mean leaving something behind. It might mean getting uncomfortable. It will definitely take courage, and it will be a journey. But just take that first step in the direction of joy. Take one step in the direction of safety and healing and equity and inclusion. Take one step towards the presence of God. Take that first step, then the next, and then the next. And on your journey, may you find the good news of great joy. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.